All right. Remember, Peter equipped me with this heavy-duty laser pointer, and it'll zap you where you sit. So I need all of you to be wide awake and with me. I love it. We are at session five of our Get Growing series. And can I just tell you how grateful I am that you made the effort to be here tonight? It is such a pleasure having you. And for those of you who are tuning in online, I'm so glad you're doing it. And for those that will be viewing this at a later time in the future, we're so glad that you're making that investment. I believe this is such an important series. If you've missed a session, you can certainly catch up online as well. Lord, we thank you for this time together. You've told us that each day we get is a gift from you. Time is precious. And time here is short compared to eternity. Time is so valuable. So we give you this time. And I pray, Lord, that you would use it to encourage us to grow for you. To make the most of this life that you've given us. Bless our time in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, so pull out your wheel diagram. This is our little tool that's guiding our discussion on Wednesday nights, this topic of spiritual growth. Every detail, you remember, of this wheel is intentional, and we've been going through the details here on Wednesday nights. I draw your attention again to these four spokes. Those represent the four foundational activities of Christian growth. These are the spiritual disciplines that you and I must consistently keep for the rest of our lives as Christians if we want to grow. So you have the two vertical spokes. That represents our interaction with God, the discipline of prayer as we talk to him, the discipline of Bible reading, the word of God as he talks to us. And then notice these two horizontal spokes. That represents our interactions with others. And I want you to think about something tonight, Christian. I don't know if you've ever thought about this in this way, but think about this. As a Christian, there are two groups in your life, and only two. Group one, your fellow Christians, your brothers and your sisters in Christ. And your interaction with them is primarily focused with fellowship. As we gather together, we grow together, we get stronger together. Group two, all those people in your life that do not know Jesus, non-Christians, non-believers... And there are many of those folks all around us. Your personal interaction with them should be one that's focused on witnessing. 
your main goal with that group is to be sharing Jesus with them. And so that's the spoke that we are going to focus on tonight. It's a very important discipline in your Christian life. You need to be witnessing. You need to be sharing Jesus with others, sharing the gospel message with others. That should be a consistent discipline in your life. It's one of the main ways that you will grow spiritually. But more importantly, witnessing is the mission of the church, is it not? This is God's priority. Getting people saved, sending his people out, and sharing the gospel. Right before Jesus ascended, he gave the great commission. He said, all authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all the things I've commanded you, and lo, I'm with you always, even to the end. Those are our marching orders from General Jesus right before he left. I mean, this is, this is it. This is what we're supposed to do. He also spoke these words shortly before he ascended to heaven. He told his disciples, you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you shall be what? Witnesses to me in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the end of the earth. So understand that that is why the church exists. We are to be witnesses. And I'll just put it to you like this. I believe as a Christian, you are alive and breathing air on planet earth in order to be a witness for Jesus Christ. You are not walking around planet earth just to make money, just to get some business and a career going, or to find good friends, or to have a family with children and grandchildren, those are all beautiful parts of life, no doubt. But in the midst of all that, your priority is to be a witness for Jesus Christ. To share the gospel with others. Dawson Trotman, I've mentioned his name quite a bit. He's the one that developed this wheel diagram for the navigators. He was committed to this witnessing spoke. I mean, he was zealous for evangelism. He sort of had this, uh, this uh, goal that he placed upon himself. He wanted to share Jesus with at least one person every single day. And there were times where he would go to bed at night and he'd forget, I, I never shared the gospel with anyone today. He'd get out of bed, get dressed, get in his car, drive down to the gas station, convenience store, whatever, find a stranger and share the gospel. And do you realize that a lot of people got saved through that effort? Absolutely committed to it. Dawson Trotman preached a famous sermon back in 1955, and the title of the sermon was Born to Reproduce. It's since been published into a book. You can find it on the web, PDF, and it's been read by many, many people. And basically, Trotman t- 
teaches that it is absolutely natural and expected for Christians to reproduce spiritually. That's the normal thing. That's why you're born again. You get saved. You begin to grow in your faith. You become a mature Christian. And you reproduce. He goes on to teach that a Christian that's not reproducing spiritually, something's wrong. That's abnormal. A Christian that's not reproducing spiritually is not maturing. Or perhaps hasn't been taught how or is not aware of their responsibility. Well, can I make you aware of your responsibility tonight as a Christian? You're to share the gospel. You're to be a witness. You're to grow in your faith and you're to share it with the other people in your life. Okay, so there are different ways to be witnesses for Jesus Christ. I want to mention a few, and I'm going to start off with the one that scares most Christians. So can I scare you for a bit? I'm going to call this cold call witnessing. Street evangelism. This is where you set aside time as a Christian and you get together with maybe another Christian or other Christians and you go witness to complete strangers randomly. You get together and maybe you go and uh, you go to a mall like the outlet mall or you go to fountains or you go down to the downtown plaza in El Paso or even door to door knocking on doors. Approaching strangers with the gospel. Now that is one of the scariest things. And and normally when you do that, you have a plan of attack. I would never recommend that you do that by yourself. Always go with at least one other Christian. Jesus sent the disciples out, how many? Two by two, go in groups. And normally you have a plan, you have a target. Maybe you have a track that you're going to use. Or maybe you approach strangers and you say... Have you ever thought about spiritual truth? Just something to get a conversation going. I've even seen people, like when they knock on doors in neighborhoods, hey, we're doing a survey. We're asking people about spiritual faith. What would you, do you have a moment to answer some of our questions and lead into that? Now, it is scary for some of you. Really, for all of us. Until you try it a few times. And I promise you, it will get easier. And let me tell you this. If you want some real excitement and adventure in your life, try that once. Just try it. God will lead you to divine appointments like you've never seen. I mean, there'll be a lot of people that'll say, get lost. But there will be people that are just waiting to hear the gospel message. When I was at New Mexico State University in college, I became a leader at the Baptist Student Union. And and at being a leader at the Baptist Student Union, our director, um, we had to go out on campus for two hours every week, some afternoon, and just approach students that were sitting on benches. Just 
And, you know, I was terrified, but he did the first, and I just followed and learned. And then eventually I was able to go with him and began to do it. And, yeah, there were people that said, get lost, but there were divine. I led many people to Christ. There were people that we'd approach them and they'd say, I was just thinking about that. I mean, you literally cannot believe what God could do. And I would recommend that you try it. I bet 10th hour and Agents for Christ has many examples of when they've gone out and they do a lot of street witnessing. And and it's divine appointments. Now, I would also say that as a Christian, when you're just living your day, be sensitive to the strangers. Be sensitive. Listen to that Holy Spirit. Say, hey, go talk to that person. Okay, so cold call witnessing. Also, I would encourage as Christian to be involved in what we would call these mass evangelistic efforts. Um, things like crusades, like a Billy Graham crusade, a Greg Laurie crusade, Louis Palau, some of you remember him. Um, I believe that God has gifted evangelists in the church. And God will use them in mighty ways. And these crusades are a great thing to be a part of, and God uses them. In fact, I got saved at a Billy Graham crusade at the age of seven in Albuquerque, New Mexico. That's how I got saved. That's how my whole family got excited. So whenever you have an opportunity to be a part of a church-wide effort, be a part of it. And so that would mean... Be praying for it. Uh, Canvas the city with flyers. When a crusade comes to town, they oftentimes work with churches, and you can become a part of, I don't know, the sound setup, ushers, greeters, security, people that do follow-up, people that meet people when they come forward to receive Christ. So many different ways. Be a part. Anytime something like this comes near your area, be a part of that. It's awesome. God does awesome things. The last one I remember here was Franklin Graham. Y'all remember Franklin Graham came? It's about, I want to say five or six years ago. And our church got involved in it. And we saw some great things. God will do some great things in your life at one of these events. I was up front um, as, as someone who would receive and welcome people that were coming to give their lives to Christ when Franklin made the invitation. So I was up there. And a lot of people, a lot of these people coming forward went to other people. I was kind of sitting there like this, wondering what to do. And I'll never forget, this person came up to me and said, listen, I have a friend. He wants to know more. He can't walk so good. Would you come to him? So instead of me waiting for somebody to walk down the aisle, I walked back up the aisle. And I found this guy. And he, was, he had a hard time moving, and I led him to Christ. So cool. Years ago, Greg Laurie came to Albuquerque, New Mexico, the Harvest Crusade, and he had one in a baseball stadium of some sort, and I was a part of the school of ministry. And so we were all fully on board getting that, and I, I actually served as an usher at that crusade. And the most amazing thing happened to me. I'd been witnessing to friends at work where I work, and I'd invited some friends to come 
to the crusade, but there I was as an usher, and when Greg called people to come forward, the ushers, you know, are in different sections, and they stood up, and I'm one that stood up to kind of guide people. And one of my friends from work saw me because I stood up. He was in another section. And so he went all the way around, came to me and said, I want to give my life to Christ. I don't want to go down by myself. Will you walk with me? Now, I was not supposed to leave my post. I left my post. (laughs) And I walked my friend down and put him in the hands of somebody who changed his life forever. And then I went back up to my post. Get involved in things like that. Another way to witness is to invite friends to church. We share the gospel here regularly. Another way, a very practical way to get involved in witnessing is to support, to financially fund evangelistic efforts. Very important. I think my parents have been sell, uh, supporting the Billy Graham Association for, I don't know, 30, 40 years. Can you imagine the fruit they have in heaven? Um, the missions. As a Christian involved in, in witnessing and the Great Commission, you want to make sure that missions is happening all over the planet. Now, you can't go all over the planet, but you can support those that do. Find them. Support them. Support a church that is evangelistic. And certainly, whenever a church, whenever your local church has some kind of a evangelistic outright, or outreach of some, some sort, be on board. Go for it. Get involved. Every year, we do this Christmas outreach. Look at all those volunteers that show up as we minister to different families and share the gospel with them. You know, and our, and our church raises all these funds to bless. Man, if, you gotta, if, if your church is doing an outreach, you're there. You're on board. That's a priority in your life. Every year we do this one, the Vacation Bible School. Boy, you talk about a crazy group. We give the kids this sanctuary for a week, and we share the gospel with them. And being involved, some people donate towards it. Some people take off work so that they can be a part of that outreach. Be a witness for Jesus Christ. Now, I want to speak of the most important way for you to witness for Jesus. And this is the most common And should be the most consistent. And we're all responsible. I want to call this just simply. Personal. Lifestyle. Evangelism. Being a witness for Christ. In your day to day life. In the midst of all the people that you see regularly. All those people that you see regularly, hear me, that's your mission field. 
that's your section in, in the field where you're going to go get a harvest. So, your neighbors, the people you work with. How about that checkout clerk that you see all the time? You go to the same supermarket and maybe even know them by name. How about a sports team that you're a part of? There's a lot of people that you know and influence. Maybe you're a part of a bike club. You know, when, uh, when our kids were younger, our boys played baseball and basketball. And we had a club team and we traveled and all the games. Lindsay, she was volleyball and we'd, she had a club team and we'd travel, we'd go to the games, we'd hang out with these parents. That's your mission field. And understand something, my brother and sister in Christ, this is so important. You are to shine for Jesus there. You're to be different in the midst of that group. You're to be that man or woman of integrity. As a Christian, you are to show supernatural peace in the midst of pressure. You should be showing them joy. You should be different. You shouldn't get all caught up in the worldly stuff. Now, I'm not saying that you become a holier holier than thou and you're pointing the fingers and always judging people. Nobody wants to hang out with a person like that, I promise you. But you don't participate. You're different. You have different morals. You talk differently. And you know what? People will notice. The way you live your life will speak. And you will earn the right to share the gospel with somebody. I promise. You know, there's a lot of Christians, and this is sad. They're a Christian on Sunday, but during the week they go undercover. And they don't want anybody in their office to know that they're a Christian. I'd like to challenge you. Live in such a way that everyone in your life knows you're a committed, born-again Christian. And you know what's going to happen? They're going to come to you. When they, have, when they run into problems, they're coming to you. Hey, can you pray for me? And you will... Get to know them. You'll be reaching out to them. These are the people that you pray for daily. You're the person in the office that makes sure that that person has a meal when they're staying home sick. You show the acts of love. And you will definitely have people come forward and want to know what's wrong with you. (laughs) Or what makes you tick. Or why are you so different? Now, gang, listen, that is the most important, in my opinion, way of sharing Christ. Right in the byways of everyday living, as people observe your life. And it's so perfect because you've earned their credibility, 
You've earned credibility. You've earned their trust. They know who you are. You lead them to Christ. And after they come to Christ, you can easily follow up, getting them involved in spiritual growth, church attendance, mentoring them in the Christian faith. It's just being, being right there. Awesome. Very, very important that you do. Now, I want to give you a warning. If you decide that you want to shine for Christ in your office, in your sphere of influence, some people will not like you. I just promise. The Lord said the, wor- the world will hate you because the world hates you. Don't take it personal. There are going to be some people that will not like you. They won't want anything to do with you. You're yucky. And they may even make it hard for you. You keep loving them. You respond with grace. Because you are also going to see others come to Christ. God will use you. Think about all those people. That's your mission field. Share Jesus with them. Now, if we are going to be witnesses for Christ Jesus, and we've earned the right to share the gospel, or we've met this stranger who's open for the gospel, or however that might be, then we better know how to share the gospel. Don't you agree? We better know what the message is of the gospel. And I want to challenge you, if you've never thought about this, can you articulate the gospel message? Do you know how to share your faith with someone? Someone says to you, what must I do to be saved? Do you know what to tell them? And I would say, just, you're going to think through this. I'm going to give you homework. Because I really want you, if you want to be serious about becoming a witness for Jesus Christ, you, know, you need to know how to articulate the gospel message. And I would say, in your mind, think of four bullet points. Bullet point number one, God exists. He created all things. He created you. He loves. And never forget this, God is holy. And then you have to explain to them what holy means. Perfect, sinless. Bullet point number two, man. Is man holy? Man is as far from holy as you can get, right? We're sinful. We're a sinful human race. We're separated. And God being holy, we're condemned. We're guilty. We deserve judgment. Death. Bullet point number three. Christ, the remedy. God so loved the world, he gave his only begotten son. Jesus, the perfect son of God, left heaven, became man, came here, died on the cross for our sins, in our place, rose again the third day. Salvation comes, bullet point four, salvation comes through faith, In Christ Jesus, you must put your faith and trust in Jesus Christ. In your mind, think of the four bullet points. God, man, Christ, faith. And how to articulate that. Okay, when you are sharing the gospel with someone, 
be sure to make sure that you persuade them to do it. Invite them to receive Christ. And even, would you like to say a prayer to receive Christ right now? Be able to lead them in the prayer. I would even have them pray out loud and repeat after you. Just like you've seen it done in services. I've done that with people in a crowded village inn. In a corner bakery. Are you ready to receive Christ? Yeah, well, let me lead you in a prayer right now. Repeat after me. Here's the prayer that Billy Graham would invite people to pray at the end of his crusades. Dear Lord Jesus, I know that I'm a sinner and I ask for your forgiveness. I believe you died for my sins and rose from the dead. I turn from my sins and invite you to come into my heart and life. I want to trust and follow you as my Lord and Savior in your name. Amen. Great example. Campus crusade for Christ. Today it's called crew. Here's a prayer that they've used often as they lead people to Christ. I want you to pray this prayer after me. Lord Jesus, I need you. Thank you for dying on the cross for my sins. I open the door of my life and receive you as my Savior and Lord. Thank you for forgiving my sins and giving me eternal life. Take control of the throne of my life. Make me the kind of person you want me to be. One of my favorites, Greg Laurie. This is how he leads people to receive Christ. Dear Lord Jesus, and he said, repeat after me. Dear Lord Jesus, dear Lord Jesus, I know I am a sinner. I believe you died for my sins. Right now, I turn from my sins and open the door of my heart and life. I confess you as my personal Lord and Savior. Save you. Thank you for saving me. Amen. Now, do you see, I want you to just see the elements. God, I'm a sinner. Thank you for dying on the cross for my sins. I receive you into my life. So, by the way, none of those prayers are like magic. You don't have to pray just like that. You don't have to memorize that prayer. Just examples. So you earn the right to share the gospel with someone. You've told them about God is holy and and. and we're sinful, and Christ came to die on the cross for our sins. And if you place your faith and trust in him, you'll be forgiven. You'll become brand new. Would you like to pray this prayer? Yes, Lord Jesus, save me. I admit I'm a sinner. Thank you for dying on the cross for my sins. Awesome. We can all learn that. And we can all do that. And again, it's scary. At first, but I promise you it gets easier. Now, I want to mention a few resources, a few tools that I found to be very, very effective over the years. Anybody have heard of the Wordless Book? Do I have anybody in here who's heard of the Wordless Book? This is a really cool tool um, that really is used to lead children, children to, to Christ, but it can be used in different ways. You got a wordless book. There's no words in it. It's colors. You got a gold page. You got a black page. You got a red page. You got a white page. And you got a green page. There are no words on it. It's just a color. 
and you take them to the, to the gold page, God loves you. God wants you to be in heaven with him. Black page, we're sinners. Red page, Jesus has shed his blood. And you explain that. You use that using the red page. You can become clean, white as snow, if you put your faith and trust in Jesus Christ. Lead them in the prayer. And then the green says, now it's time for you to grow. Isn't that cool? That's clever. In fact, you can get the little bracelets like, like this. You can have it on your... And you can take them, through the, take them through the wordless book. I've seen it on keychains. Or maybe it's just a tool that you can use in your mind to help you remember how to share the gospel. Very effective. By the way, I got a, a great story about the wordless book. I mentioned that Greg Laurie Harvest crusade that I was a part of. This was years ago. They, they had it during the New Mexico State Fair. So for two weeks, the New Mexico State Fair was happening and, uh, you know, at one, one of the weekends in that two-week block was this Harvest Crusade. And so much time and effort goes into that, money and all of that. And many people did get saved at that crusade, and it's, wor- it's worth it. My mom uh, was committed to this place called Child Evangelism Fellowship. And they're very heavy on the wordless book. For two weeks, they rented a little tent, 100 bucks a week. Cost them 200 bucks for two weeks. And they had it staffed around the clock with people holding nothing but wordless books. And it was, come on in and see the wordless book. (laughs) Hundreds of people were saved. Hundreds of people were saved. God will use the big crusade. And God will use the little tent with the wordless book. This is a really good method. This is called the Roman road. And here, literally, you you go through the book of Romans. Not the whole book. Excuse me. Romans 3.23, Romans 6.23, Romans 5.8, Romans 10.9-10, Romans 10.13... And basically, it goes through those four major points, right? All have sinned. Christ died. Must put your faith and trust in him. This would be a great method to use. Maybe if, you're, if, you're, if you've been talking with somebody for a while and they, and they want to see it in the Bible. All right. Turn in the Bible to Romans chapter 3. Verse 23, take them right through the road. Here's a great method that I I probably use this diagram once a week. I use this all the time as I counsel with people. I think it's just one of the most beautiful ways to describe the gospel. I make this big cliff over here, big cliff over here. There's a big gap between. We have God over here. He's holy. We have people over here. They're sinful. We can't get to God. We're separated. There's no way we can get to God on our own. So God made a bridge. Isn't that cool how the bridge is the cross? 
and you share how the Lord Jesus came and died on the cross for the sins of the world and how you place your faith and trust in him. And if you do that, you walk across and you're with God and you're in relationship with him. So again, on a napkin, just God, man, can you draw a cross? It's a great way to just talk through it. Again, basically, you see the four bullet points right there. Here's a great method. Your story. You know what a witness is? Let's think about that term, witness. In a court of law, what's a witness? Why is a witness there? Here's what I saw. Well, as a witness for Jesus Christ... You get to tell people what Jesus did for you. And that's powerful. That is so very powerful. As you're interacting with people and they want to know what makes you tick. Hey, how did, what, what's, how did you get to be the way you are? And you can tell them your story. I, here's how I was living. Here's my past. And don't go into all the sordid details. I wasn't living right. Someone told me the gospel message. I met Jesus Christ. I invited him to be my Lord and Savior, and my life has changed. No, it's not perfect, but it totally changed. I know I'm saved. I know I'm a child of God. I'm headed for heaven when I die. This is what he did for me. This is what he can do for you. That's powerful. Your story of how you came to Christ. So all these tools can help you become more effective. Might change um, depending on who you're talking to. And then I want to remind you that part of the witnessing spoke, part of the, I want to make sure I'm pointing this the right way. I don't want to, it's like a lightsaber. I don't want it to. After you lead someone to Christ, you want to do your best to mentor them. To do a little bit of follow-up. To stay with them. And that's where that lifestyle, personal evangelism really, I mean, you've got them. You're already friends. So now you can start meeting with them. And, and, and I would recommend drawing the wheel. Taking them through the different steps of Christian growth. Okay, so what are the benefits of witnessing? Let me tell you this, man. Joy and excitement. Joy and excitement. You want to stay young at heart as a Christian? Lead someone to Christ. I'll tell you what, man. When you, and, and stay close to young Christians. They'll keep you excited. Keep leading people to Christ. The first one, you're going to get addicted, I promise. And you'll want to do it. And I have found in my life, it's so easy to sort of grow old and cold. But if I'm out there sharing my faith and leading people to Christ, I'm young. I'm full of joy. I'm excited. I'm going for it. Joy and excitement. The Lord sure gets excited when someone gets saved. 
Jesus said, there is joy in the presence of the angels of God over one sinner who repents. One person comes to Christ and there is a party in heaven. There's a celebration in heaven and there is joy. And I promise you that joy will spill into your soul. Another benefit of sharing your faith, you will grow. It's a spoke. You'll grow. You'll grow as a Christian. And you know how? When you're out um, sharing your faith, you're going to get questions. And you're going to get questions like you've never heard before. And you're going to be like, what? And if somebody asks you a question that you don't know how to answer, don't come up with some silly answer. Tell them that you don't know and tell them, I'm going to find out and I'll get back to you. And then go find out and get back to them. So as you share your faith, as you engage with people, you're going to get questions and that's going to drive you back to the Bible. And you're going to find the answers. It's going to drive you back to your brothers and sisters in Christ who have been witnessing maybe longer than you have. And they're going to give you advice. You will grow in your knowledge of the word. You will grow in your dependence upon the Lord. You will grow in prayer. Because as you share, you're, you're praying for people's salvation. You're looking for opportunity. You're in tune with the Holy Spirit. And when you've given the opportunity to share, you're, you're doing so prayerfully. It all goes together. I'm telling you, all of these spokes work together. They reinforce each other. And they complement one another. My prayer is that you'll get excited about sharing your faith. And please understand, it's not, you don't have to make it that complicated. And you say, well, what if they reject the gospel? Have they rejected? No, they're not rejecting you. And I believe maybe you you share the gospel with somebody and they don't receive it right away. I believe every time we share, we're doing something. You're either planting, as Paul says, the first seed in a person's heart. You came along and you planted. Later on, another Christian comes along and waters. And then later on, another Christian comes along and there's a harvest. But either way, whenever you're sharing, God is doing something. Amen? Would you bow your heads with me and close your eyes? And I want to ask that the Lord would motivate us and put a fire within us. Lord, we are here to be your witnesses. And I pray that we would take that seriously. Lord, I pray that you would make us sensitive to other people in our lives. I pray, Lord, that you would give us the ability to articulate your glorious gospel message. I pray that our lives would be those that draw people to you. Lord, I pray that everyone here tonight, listening online, would get to experience the joy of personally leading someone else to you. 
And I pray that in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Okay, so I have a test for you. We have a little uh, activity that we've done after each one of these sessions. I need all of you to turn your wheel diagram over. Don't look at your wheel diagram. And I'm taking the wheel, wheel diagram off the screen. Now, I have a bunch of napkins somewhere. We're going to pass out napkins. Don't look at your wheel. We're going to pretend we're at a coffee shop. And you got yourself a napkin out and a pen. And I want you to draw the wheel diagram from memory. And I want you to try to remember how to label each and every part, okay? And then I'm going to personally come around and check. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I have my red ink marker. No. Honestly, I want you to do this. Let's see. You, you'd be amazed how much this, how easy this is to retain. So I'm going to give you about five minutes to do that. Two. How many got it like a, like 100% right? Very cool. Stand up, take a bow. No, don't do that. But this is, this is something that, so, um, you know, keep that wheel diagram. Keep it in, keep it in, and maybe go home and practice your wheel diagrams. So, I mean, this is a powerful tool that you can just draw out, and, and you label as you go from point to point to point, and you share. Um, another great diagram to learn is that cliff one that I showed you and uh, you know so I saw some of you taking pictures of the slides this is online so you can pause the video get a picture you can get a, uh, a copy of those uh, prayers that I showed up there um, I do have a couple more homework assignments I want to give you I would like you to really go home this week and really think about how you would articulate the gospel how would you share the gospel message with someone in six minutes or less? And work that issue. Be, be able to know how to share it. Maybe practice with some friends. The other thing I really want you to do is I want you to go home and write out your personal testimony. Just take some time and write out how did you come to Christ? And write it out in such a way that you, you'll know how to share, share your story. Make sure you get it on paper and then get it in your heart and be able to share. I'd like us to close with a few moments of prayer. And I'd like us to just right where we're, we're sitting, let's just pray individually tonight. And I want you to pray that God would give you a burden for lost. That God would give you a burden for lost souls. And I want you to pray that God would give you sensitivity to people all around you. And then I want you to pray for that one person that you know that God has already put on your radar. There's somebody on the radar right now in your life.
And I think you might know who that is. And pray for that person. If you don't have one on the radar, pray that God puts one on the radar. All right, so let's take a few moments and pray together. Not together, individually. So, Father, hear the cries of your people. And, God, give us courage to talk to that person that you're putting on our heart. Lord, salvation is too good to keep to ourselves. We need others to know. Bear fruit in and through our lives in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.